In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hopefully your Lenten observances include meditation on our Lord's suffering, His passion, and His death. That's why we make Friday a day of penance, physical penance every day, to deny the flesh, because Christ offered up His flesh on Good Friday. The Sorrowful Mysteries, Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Stations of the Cross, all provide us the opportunity to, to associate ourselves with our Lord's death. I would hope that you're also following in the Gospels and reading sacred scripture to, to, to accompany our Lord so that your, your meditation is informed by the word of God and not primarily your imagination. So today we find ourselves at the eighth chapter of St. John's Gospel, the second half of the eighth chapter of St. John's Gospel. Really just days before the Last Supper and our Lord's Paschal Mystery. In fact, you'll realize when you begin to look carefully at St. John's Gospel, most of it is about our Lord's death on the cross and the events immediately leading up. So we're at chapter 8 only in John's Gospel, and we're already at the days right before our Lord's death. Chapter 8 begins with the woman caught in the sin of adultery. And then we have this conversation about Abraham. And then in chapter 9, it's the curing of the man born blind. And then in chapter 10, it's our Lord preaching about the sheep entering through the gate and the true shepherd being the one who doesn't climb over the fence. And then in chapter 11, it's the raising of Lazarus. And, and then after that, we have then dinner with Martha, Mary, Lazarus, and our Lord's feet being anointed. And then we're completely into um, Spy Wednesday and Holy Thursday. So it's especially in, in, in that context that the observations of some of the church fathers about today's gospel are that much more helpful for your, not just paying attention to what's going on, but drawing from it um, important insights. They note, especially St. Augustine, um, St. Gregory the Great, that our Lord, when he's being harassed um, in this conversation, and it, it almost doesn't even deserve to be called a conversation, his response is very mild. He doesn't, he doesn't respond harshly. He doesn't list all of their sins. At the same time, he doesn't permit them to speak falsehoods. He, he corrects them, but not in the way that we would even think would be justified for us when people hurl unjust accusations at us. I mean, they're saying he has a devil. The Jews answered and said to him, Do not we say well that thou art a Samaritan, which is just a generic insult. They're not implying that he's from there explicitly, and has a devil. 
Our Lord answered, I, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you have dishonored me, but I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. Amen, amen, I say to you, if any man keep my word, he shall not see death forever. The same church fathers note that when our Lord is teaching them, when he is making his point, he's, he can be very harsh. In fact, is very harsh. When he's responding to these unjust accusations, when he's, when he's dealing with, with people in there, um, and, the, and the way he is personally suffering because of their wickedness, he's meek. And so I would encourage you to observe that as then we go into Holy Week and our Lord's passion and death. And he's the lamb led to the slaughter, right? Who doesn't even lead out, let out a bleat. He doesn't complain. It doesn't mean he's defeated. And it doesn't mean he's only physically weak, but it's consistent with how our Lord deals with evil when he's when he is confronting it and teaching and making a point, he's bold. When he's, on, when he's personally suffering on the receiving end, he's meek. So there are two, two ways that I encourage you to apply this. One is in being very deliberate then. Be strong and put people in their place when it's the proper time to correct, teach, to admonish. But don't turn your personal suffering into an opportunity to make your point. When you suffer, just suffer. Correct the record. Don't let people say falsehoods without being challenged. But that's not the time that's not necessarily the time for you to finally tell that person what they need to hear. Now's the time for you to suffer. It's to suffer in justice and in mercy and trusting in God. Right? Think of David, King David, and the insults hurled at, being hurled at him and spitting and rocks thrown at him. And, and his soldiers wanted to lop off the head of the person who was insulting him. And he said, no, 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 you don't know. They may be, he may be getting instructions from God. I would suggest as we, as we try to learn from our Lord in this respect and, and benefit from the, from the church fathers pointing this out to us, that our response then to situations will be less situational. We won't be taking a barometer of our, uh, of our anger or the circumstances or how much we think we can um, get away with or who's around. But So instead of deciding how to respond in a split second, perhaps we can be more deliberate. When I, when I teach and correct and admonish, I'll do it. And when I'm, when I'm weathering the storm, I'll, I'll do it 
the way Christ did it. Just a suggestion. Another suggestion, which obviously is never just a suggestion. As we then accompany our Lord over the next days and the next two weeks, we see him then quietly approaching his death. Because, in fact, he has already confronted it and he has already offered it up. He already knows he's going to suffer. He already knows it's going to be awful. In fact, he's been preparing the apostles for this. That was the point of the transfiguration for Peter, James, and John, to take them up and to give them something indelible so that they would not forget and not despair when our Lord was arrested and killed. Likewise, we too should already offer up our death. Um, when we do the Stations of the Cross with the benefit of St. Alphonsus Liguori. There's a, a brief moment where we even say those words, where we offer up already our death with all of um, the pains that will accompany it. Because now we have our faculties. Now we can be even that much more generous. Whereas if we wait till the situation to be unfolding, it may be too late to be able to have the right disposition. But we need to have the right disposition ahead of time. And if already ahead of time, years before our deaths, we've already offered it up and knowing that it, it may be lonely, it could be very painful. It could be confusing. We might not even be able to think clearly. If we've offered up all of our suffering, every drop of sweat and every ounce of blood, all of our anguish, if we've offered it up already, then the rest of our life is, is already a gift. The offering up of our, of our death doesn't have to wait until we die. It's already a gift and it already makes... It already makes today easier, whether it be a day of joy leading us to contemplate heaven or, or a day of suffering that helps us um, make purgatory now and not later. And the next steps then as we approach the altar we ask the Lord to give us wisdom and to give us courage, to give us humility, to give us resolve, to form our disposition now for when it matters. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.